Second and victory. season now to where you know what you're going to get from the Tennessee Titans, and that is a nitty-gritty, drive-you-up-the-wall football game. But, in the words of Mike Keith, the Titans get it done again. Their fifth win in a row over the Indianapolis Colts. They sweep them again, and the Titans are now 4-2. and two. What's up, everybody? Brett Batchelor here with second in victory along with my guy, Chris Carter. Chris, what's up, man? How's it going? Oh, man, I am doing great. Probably not as quite as good as Austin, who's currently chilling on the beach right now on a well-deserved vacation. You know, he's he's living the dream. Uh, we've got, Dude, you know, what, dream. we've actually got good weather this week when he leaves. Um, but Yeah, literally, bro. Um, you know, it's uh, still jealous of him. Uh, nice little reprieve for him. Very well-deserved. And I look forward to having him back next week. But... Tonight, uh, me and you, let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some football, dude. Let's do it, man. The Titans are four and two, Chris. Hey, and that's five wins in a row over the Indianapolis Colts. And I know that sounds good to you. Yeah, you know it uh, sounds really good. It's a it's a team that I would say is probably my most hated team in the league. Uh, <laughs> and after. After so many years of of the you know the Mannings and the Lux kind of having their way with uh, the Titans, it's nice to 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 get this little streak going against them. And uh, man, I know I know no one in the world is angrier than Jim Ursay, and I love it. Yeah, that makes it even better. Yeah, I mean he's he's already benched his uh, his expensive quarterback, so we'll uh, dude, we'll see how that see plays the, out. But did you see the stat of the numbers of the quarterbacks that have paid since two thousand eighteen? Yeah, I mean, dude, the the Colts are starting the Colts are starting to look like that. You know that meme of the Cleveland Browns jersey with all the names taped down down yeah. the back of it. <laughs> yeah, that's the dude, Colts, so dude. Like the Colts have been horrible wow, since Luck retired. Yeah. Hey, top five GM though, Chris. You know it. You know he's the best. He's the best in the league. Yep. That's your boy, man. Your lord. Hey, you draft one guard who's an all who's an all pro for one season, and you overpay him. You yeah. might, might as well be top five. Yep. But, and, uh, uh, but hey, and you know he no, he drafted off, he drafted the best running back in the league too, and we've seen oh, how that's well, played and, out and against the Titans the, this the year. Next, and and now I, I like Alec Pierce a lot, but. I would like to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit on Alec Pierce. Like, he's very good, and he's going to be even better. But, I mean, he's, he's not having the greatest rookie season of all time. He's a guy He's a guy I wanted in the draft. Uh, I like Alec Pierce a lot. Um, yeah. He's good. He's a good receiver. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, – everything about the Colts is just a, a steady stream of overhypeness. Well – and the crazy thing is, man, the Colts are a steady stream of overhypeness. The Titans are a steady stream of underhypeness. <laughs> and the weird thing is, man, is the, the Titans love that style of play. Mike Rabel loves that style of play. And I was talking to somebody the other day. 
and me and you talked about this before, but I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, man, dude, the Titans just drove me up a wall again. And I was like, well, look, the Titans have only scored 24 points. That's the most they've scored in a single game all year yeah. long. The entire year, that's the most they've scored in a single game. And the crazy thing is, Chris, Mike Vrabel loves it. Yeah. It's uh, he. I mean, the the team embodies Mike Rabel, uh, smart, tough, and gritty. Um, yep. And you know, it it's it's awesome to see just like what this team has become under him. It's super frustrating uh, as a fan to to watch that <laughs> offense try to move the ball uh, at points yeah. and. Um, you know, this is a team that's built on the run game and defense, and mm-hmm. those are the two things that they do best right now. Um, so it's 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 good that they do the things they want to do well. Um, but the I you know I think I think it all starts at the top. It's all it all starts with Rabel. It all starts with the guys that he's put in in leadership positions within the team, um, and and they just everybody seems to really embody that that whole mindset well somebody that really embodies it man is ben freaking jones yeah and the game that he had on sunday dude was unbelievable getting that injury and if if you haven't seen the video yet go to our twitter page we put it out last night tweets doing numbers which is really cool to see but at second victory go check out our video that uh we got credit we got from the nfl and from chris harris both of them had the original video we tweeted out last night Super cool video, man. And the way you see Brave will be all emotional towards towards Ben Jones, but it really shows just how much of a heart and soul of this football team that Ben Jones really is. Yeah. Um Ben fought through some some serious stuff, I think, on Sunday with with yeah. injuries. And uh you know, kind of worried to see what that injury report for him looks like this week. But um this is a game, uh Brett, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh through high school, college, and now the NFL, Ben Jones has missed one game. That's and that's crazy, Chris. Yeah, that's insane. Wow. Yeah, in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a situation where the guy has has played in some tough, tough situations. I mean, he's you know he's a he's the center. He's the first line of attack for a yep. team that had a 2000 yard rusher a couple seasons ago. Like this is a guy that's in the mud, uh, as we Every say in single Memphis. play, this dude is in the mud and, <laughs> um, to, to continue to, to fight through it and to, um, be able to just have the, the tenacity, um, to stay out there and kind of just grit out these injuries is, is really cool to see. And like you talk about being in the mud, man, like, He's a Georgia boy, was the center for Matt Stafford in Georgia, and then he went to the Texans, and the Texans have never really been known as, like, an easygoing, kind of high-flying, you know, happy-go-lucky offense. It's kind of similar to the Titans about, like, hey, you're going to put your you're gonna put your foot in the ground, and you're going to dig from the dirt, and you're going to just punish everybody else. And obviously yeah. that's what the Titans do. And to see the way that Vrabel just – came to him after the game was such a cool sight to see yeah uh it's not often you make your head coach cry uh but especially my grade 
Yeah. Rabel was wiping away tears and, and you can hear him tell Ben, like, you're just like a son to me or something along those lines. So I love you like my own. I love you like my own. Yeah. And, uh, those kind of things, man, it's, it's just really neat to see a, a, um, player embrace the identity of the team, the way that Ben has, but also for a coach to truly understand that and see it and, uh, be it, and he, he admires it. Right. I mean, it's not just to like, it's not just like, Oh yeah, that's my player. It's like, Oh man, that is my player. Like this is a guy I love. Um, so it was awesome. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, reflecting back, um, Ben was the first guy that J Rob brought in here, uh, as a GM, he brought Ben Jones in as his first player. And I don't think you could reflecting back. I don't think you could have picked a better player, first player. to yeah. to identify with what the the Titans would become from a from a personality standpoint. Um, it's uh, he really embodies uh, what what Rabel and John Robinson want a Titan to be, um, and you know it's 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 really cool that he's here because uh, he was a free agent last year and they. They got the contract worked out and he's staying, but uh, he's he's truly a, a leader on this team and and really represents everything that Rabel wants this team to be. Yeah, dude, he 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 is what you embody as a like that's a Tennessee Titan type player. Um, and and staying on the offensive line, man. Me and you have talked about this, Chris, uh, off air through text. Um, maybe on air, maybe once or twice, but it's really starting to come to us now. And I think Austin's starting to form his own opinion. And it could be similar to ours. He's never really voiced his opinion on this. But, man, Dylan Radins, dude, like, me and you look at it, Chris, and me and you have always kind of said the same thing, dude. Like, he's he's not he's not that bad, dude. He's really he's not. not. A, and like He's not a problem when he's on the field. He's not. And, like, yes, there were a couple of mistakes that he made this past week against the Colts. Yeah. Every player is going to make mistakes every now and then. And he did have the one bad false start penalty. But, dude, like, I mean, Chris, when he's on the field, dude, he holds it down. He really yeah. does. Like, like he's not a Nate Davis, obviously. Nate Davis is – in like, before he got hurt, people were talking about Nate Davis is having an all-pro season. But, like, he – since he's coming for Nate Davis, dude, he has held down the fort over there at right guard. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, you know, looking at his situation too, like how much of that, how much of those mistakes he made were, uh, were reflective of playing next to a rookie and a injured Ben Jones, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's not, it's not always, you know, black and white. Uh, he just made a mistake. Like there are, there are many things that go into that. Not, not saying he didn't make a mistake, but we don't know the full context of those mistakes. Um, but this is a guy that I still think is playing out of position. Um, not yeah. necessarily that he's playing guard, but I think he should be on the left side of the line. Uh, I think he's better there. But, you know, I think, you know, it, the fans or it's, it's it seems to be like an instant thing. They're like, oh, man, Dylan Ray Duns is out there. But it, he's not a problem. And I think it's a situation where fans wanted him to start immediately just knowing like the Isaiah Wilson situation and all that like and he didn't but this was a guy that had played one game his senior year uh and that one game was at North Dakota State uh so like the transition from 
college to the NFL isn't easy for an offensive lineman, but also the transition from North Dakota State to the NFL is probably even harder. From an FCS school as a second round pick. Yeah. And, you know, when it when it comes down to it, um, having only having that one year or, or sorry, that one game uh, because of COVID, um, he hadn't played a lot of football, you know, coming nope. into the coming onto the Titans. And um, it's taken some time. But is he one of the best five offensive linemen on this team? I think so. I mean, I mean, it's got it's better than Dennis Daly at left right. tackle. I think even with a healthy Taylor Lewan, he's probably still a, one of the top five offensive linemen on this team. I don't see any reason that Dylan shouldn't be out there uh, starting, even with you know once once Nate's back. Obviously, the right guard position is is taken care of, right tackle is taken care of. A healthy Ben Jones means center is taken care of. Let's hope that's the case uh, once we see the injury report this week. But um, that left side, I don't think Aaron Brewer is anything to write home about. And, 290 pounds is what he said he is today, Aaron Brewer. And we've, we've seen Dennis Daly. Um, it's not good. There's no reason that Dylan Ray Dunn shouldn't be in one of those starting spots. And, like, I think you said it really good with, like, yeah, Isaiah Wilson gaff, man. Like, I think that holds a weight over Dylan Radins for an unfair reason. Because it's too, obviously, I mean, you couldn't get any further apart in the situations between the two. <clears throat> and, like, yeah. I, it just unfortunately holds a spot over his head that shouldn't be over his head. But I also understand why people, why people kind of look at it that way, though, as well. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a produce instantly, or or you're out kind of league nowadays. Um, yeah, and like, go ahead. But it's it's. I mean, I just think it's a situation where it, he deserved a little patience, uh, just because of the situation he came into, uh, or came yeah. out of, I should say, for the college situation and all that, and in the COVID uh, era that he had to deal with at North Dakota State, but. Um, I think I think at this at this point, if he's not seeing the field, it's not a Dylan Ray Dunn's problem. It's a it's a coaching staff problem. And man, like some guys, it just takes a little bit longer to transition to the NFL. And we we talked about this before off air, but like NPF, just I think NPF won that job more than Dylan Radins lost the job. I don't necessarily think Radins blew 100%. the job. 100%. And, Chris, you've said, and you've also said, Chris, he's a left-side guy. They were yeah. wanting Dylan to try and step up on that right side, but some guys just don't fit. You know what I'm saying? They know where they're supposed to fit. Yeah, like, I mean, Kevin Byard could play either safety position if he wanted to, but, like, some guys just don't fit in certain spots. Yeah, and, and Taylor Lewan has talked about that. He's He's been very yeah. explicit in saying, I'm not a right tackle. Um, you know, right. you're – you develop this, um, you know, this not not necessarily even a mindset, but like your your body control and all of that. You you work so long and so hard to get it to these specific techniques and all of this, and then you have to flip it. Like imagine, yeah. Brett, you're right-handed, right? Correct. What if I told you tomorrow you you can only play left uh, cl- uh, play golf left-handed the rest of your career? 
dude, I'm going to shoot like 140 for like the next six months. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much Dylan's situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he has to flip his technique, um, mirror his technique, and that's that's tough to do. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a situation where I think he's done really well considering the circumstances. Um, I think you're still going to have certain members of the Titans media hating on him. Um, but... I think it's a disservice to the Tennessee Titans if he is not one of your five starters at this point. And and two man like so and and I'm just spitballing here on on this part right here. But like, there knock on wood, there have been no problems, you know, off the field personality wise with Dylan Raidens whatsoever. Like I've, I've talked to the guy, uh, I talked to him in training camp over the summer. Extremely nice guy, very yeah. nice guy. Good to talk to, fun to talk to. But Taylor Lewan said, hey, man, like when I became a Titan and all that, you know, me and Keith Carter had to grow a relationship. Like there were some growing pains between the two to understand his style of coaching and, and how he wanted me to play the offensive line. Yeah. Dylan obviously does not have the type of personality like Taylor does, but it could be the other thing of understanding because it sounds like Keith Carter is a very niche type of offensive line coach. Some yeah. guys it takes longer to understand and, and maybe – I guess I'm just spitballing here, but maybe Dylan Ravens was the same way of understanding how Keith Carter coaches and how he wants him to play on the offensive line. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I think it's I think it's a situation where everybody's growing uh, and growing together. So I hope there's that continued growth. I hope they, I hope you know, I hope these last couple of outings have have helped instill some confidence in Dylan, both yeah. on his own, like personally uh him being confident but also uh the offensive coaching staff having some confidence in him and right um, you know i think it's i think it's uh probably a situation where we're going to see a lot more of him in the future uh and hopefully it's uh in one of those left spots and you know talking about we've been talking about toughness and things like that a guy that i think he, he's very well respected within the organization and with a pretty big part of the fan base. He's taken a lot of heat recently uh, and some pretty outspoken heat from a lot of people. But I, a guy that I think earned more respect on Sunday this past weekend, Ryan Tannehill. You, you saw the way that Tannehill went down. 17, man, you saw the way he went down. You saw how he was out that next play, which is a third down handoff, Titans kick a field goal. Very next possession, Tannehill was right back on the field. Yeah. Tannehill was in pain, and you could tell he was in pain, and he did whatever he could to be back out on that football field and help the Titans win that game. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome to see. Uh, going back to the embodying your your head coach, um, embodying the mindset of the team, your quarterback does that. Um, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Jeffrey Simmons was asked about Tannehill, and he said he thinks he's the toughest quarterback in the league. And it's hard to argue. Um, this is a guy that's had uh, – he's been sacked a lot. He's been hit a lot um, in his time with the Titans. And he's managed to bounce right back up every play. Um, this was a situation where he kind of got fell on. Um, and, you know um, – it, it didn't look good either. It didn't look good. And the fact that he was back out there for the next drive uh, speaks volumes – of not only his toughness, but him as a leader. 
especially with a lot of people saying too that they're not so sure if Taylor should even come back to, back out for the rest of the game. Yeah. Now, I wish he wasn't out there those last two drives when it was kind of just putting <laughs> the game away. But yeah, it uh, it you know it was it was cool to see that he wanted to be out there and helped ensure the win. And you know, I think uh, I think it definitely put like even a pep in the whole offense, right? Because Derek Derek obviously ran well uh, pretty much the whole game, but you know Derek started running a little tougher at the end, and and then that play where the entire offensive line just carried so Derek, cool, man. So carried cool. Derek. Um, I mean, if you if you like zoom in on that play, Derek's feet are literally hovering hovering above the ground. <laughs> um, it's it was that was awesome. Um, if that doesn't that was, say the offensive line's got your back, I don't know what does. Right, and you know I think. I think that's one of those plays that you'll look back on at the end of the season and be like, yep, that, that play right there sums up the whole season. Just that's, pure, yeah, that's the one. Pure, t- pure toughness, guts, and and perseverance. Like even yep. even as my favorite part of that play wasn't the play itself, but it was Ben, ben Jones' celebration after. Um, yeah. He was uh-huh. just fired up. And, it's you know, it's it's so cool to see just like this team rally around each other and, uh, you know, you always hear like, oh, man, it's a family environment. Like, I truly think, like, it's a family culture in that locker That room. is a football team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's 100%. really really neat. It's cool. It's, it's fun to see. Uh, Chris, it, I feel like we say this more often than we should, but the Titans have a new receiver. They signed <laughs> Chris Conley. <laughs> they signed Chris Conley today off the Chiefs practice squad. Um you probably know him with his time more with the Texans. He hasn't done much this year. It's his third team this season. Uh, and not because of, you know, personality issues. Just, you know, that's how it is with some guys. But, yeah. you know, he's only he's only 30 years old. He's got some size, got some speed to him. Uh, your initial thoughts, Chris, on Chris Conley. Are you happy with the signing? Especially now, too, with unfortunately, and again, it seems like every single Titans player has a hamstring issue. Kyle Phillips on the IR with a hamstring injury. Yeah, um, that's the rough part, right? Because coming into the season, you were you were going to be dependent a lot on on these two rookies, uh, being Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks, uh, to contribute right away. And uh, you know, we've seen flashes from both of them, right? I mean, we saw we saw pretty much any time they got the ball in Traylon's hands, he made a play. Uh, he made but then, a play. Yep. then he had the turf toe injury, and now he's on IR for a couple more weeks. Uh, now Kyle Phillips will be out four weeks, um, but you knew this was a situation where you were going to be asking a lot of those two rookies, and now those two rookies aren't available. Um, yep. So you're bringing in uh, bringing in Conley. Um, he's a vet. He understands the game. Um, you know, hopefully it's a situation where uh, I didn't even think about this, but he would have been with uh, with Tim Kelly, right? Uh, yes, he would have. He would have yeah. been with Tim Kelly. So, you know, he's got some some familiarity uh, with this coaching staff. So, you know, it's 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 kind of a situation where he's got to contribute, right? Like you don't have many I mean, other sure. options. I mean, you're going to have you're going to have Robert Woods, NWI, Chris, you're you're going to you're going to hate it when I say this. You're going to hate it when I say this, man. But right now, Chris, your wide receiver 3 is Cody Hollister. <laughs> I know it. I know. And Chris, your wide receiver four <laughs> is Mason Kinsey. Yeah. Until yeah. until Chris Conley gets more involved in the offense. And Chris Conley is watching. Now, eventually, Chris Conley will, 
if he's if he's you know what we're hoping what we're hoping he'll be he'll be wide receiver three uh here probably in about two weeks but yeah. like right now man i mean i mean austin hooper finally stepped up this past week i'd like to see the ball in chick's hands more but like you're gonna have to find some dynamic ways to move this ball around the football field over these next four weeks and it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see uh who who kind of transitions into what position too right do you yeah. think NWI plays a lot more slot? I mean, I think he has to. Yeah. I do. Like, even if he's not comfortable with it, I, I'm an NWI fan. I am. Yeah. He's and, been and honestly, he's been a ghost. Tannehill, he's yes, been a ghost and, this and, season and, outside and of I, that deep ball. I don't ball. know why. And I don't know why. And Tannehill seems to like him. But, oh, like, yeah. you got to get him the football because, I mean, other than that deep ball, man, like, he's not going to take the top off the defense on every single play. Yeah. But, like, if and, you need him for 12 yards, if you need him on a curl route or something like that, the majority of the time he's going to be there. He's a good chain mover. Uh, he he proved it last year. Um, I mean, but th- that's kind of the case for everybody. Like, Robert Woods, not really seeing anything. Like, we're not getting him the ball. Um, and this, this, this coaching staff has to just figure out ways to get the balls in these wide receivers' hands. Otherwise – it's just going to keep getting worse, right? I mean, you're one, getting to a one, point. One touchdown this season for Robert Woods, by the way. You're getting to a point where you're going to be playing some high-powered offenses. You got um, the Chiefs in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you've already played one, and look at what Buffalo did to you. Um, yep. But it's it, you've got it. You're going to have to play keep up at some point, and uh, it's it's going to have to be the wide receivers getting involved and making plays. It can't be this this. As as much as it's built on Derrick Henry, you cannot depend on Derrick Henry for every single play. Like you know, it, it has to be there has to be quality play calls and there has to be quality scheming to get these wide receivers more open. They seem to think they can do that, though, Chris. I know, and that's what's scary. <laughs> uh, and the wild part is, man, is I don't I don't have this in, in front of me directly, Chris. I don't know if you can pull it up or not. But Paul Kaharski tweeted earlier the IR list for the Titans right now. Slong. And dude, it, it man, and it feels like we're right back to where we were last year. And again, man, it's almost like, you know, with the names that are on the IR for the Titans right now, man, it's like how in the world is this football team sitting at four and two? Thirteen players right now. It's insane. Yeah. I mean There's and you've games. got you've got potential for I believe three to come off now because Elijah Molden would be eligible. Racy's eligible. Um, and then uh, I believe uh, Jamarco is now eligible to return, if I'm not I mistaken. I believe so. Um, so you could be getting three guys back relatively soon. I think, uh, I think Elijah might be the closest of those three to coming back. Uh, hopefully we get, we get a pretty good update on him this week, but um yeah, I mean, it's it's getting – Trailer in, should be soon, you hope. Yeah, the the injury list is getting rough. I think trailer has got two more games, right? Because uh, it's, it's four games, not four weeks. So, I think it's – It's four games, correct, yeah, I think he's of the bye. So. I think he's got two more games. Um, so, he'll miss – he'll and be back for Denver. Man, like, the thing too, man, is like I think for some people to, to realize – 
yes, they're eligible to come back after four weeks, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are ready to come back after right. four weeks. Because I mean, Elijah, if Elijah's case, been ready. If that was the case, Elijah Molden. Yeah, if that was the case, Elijah would be playing on this football team right now, and obviously right. he's not ready. And so the thing is, is like after those – now, the good part about it is, is if you feel like a player is ready – so like if the Titans wanted to right now, they could activate Elijah Molden – or they could – I'm sorry, they could designate him for retiring from IR – yeah, but then he has a 21 day window after that to practice, and then during that 21 days, then be elevated to the active roster or stay on the IR. But then you're done for the year. Now, obviously, they can stay on IR as long as they want to, but it just depends on when you think that player is actually ready to start practicing and then playing football games again. Right. Yeah. Um, I. I... You know, I'm hoping we get to see Elijah on the field soon. Um, I do think Amani Hooker stepped in really well at at uh, the slot position. Uh, it it freed up Andrew Adams to do some crazy work. Uh, he had a some tremendous really game. Stuff. Yeah, tremendous game. T. Mitch had a great game uh, after you know some some lackluster performances earlier in the season. So um, let's talk about the Texans, though. What do you think? Um, yeah. Is it a is it a dub this week? It's got to be a dub this week, man. And, and again, like, I hate to say it. One, you're just a better football team than the Texans. You're just a better football team than the Houston Texans. Uh, two, you, you – I like, last week put you in first place in the division comfortably. You win this week, man, and you can really solidify your spot in the AFC South. And it's, it's not quite a must-win, man, but it's, but it's close to it for me. Like, you win this game, dude. And you really solidify yourself in the AFC South. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is this is a game where um, you can you can make the AFC South yours. Um, yes. Really, no matter what, come come the end of the season. So this is a this is kind of a situation where you expect the Titans to go in and just handle business. Uh, it'll probably still be a close game, uh, just because. <laughs> It always is with the Titans, but it's also a division game, and and you know, yeah. division opponents always play each other closer. It just it's just kind of how it is. Um, but you know, this is this is a chance to be three and zero in the division, um, and it's a chance to uh, to really solidify a pretty strong winning streak of of five games, uh, which would be awesome to see, um, especially going into the Kansas City week. Yeah. Here's my thing too, Chris. Like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Uh, but like, obviously the Titans should win this football game. But what if Tannehill's ankle injury is a little worse than we think, and Malik Willis is the starter on Sunday? Still because that's being flo- that that that's being floated. I do too. But like, does that change your the way you look at the offense? Does that change the way the team plays? Because it's being floated around like, hey, man, that was kind of a serious injury for Tannehill. Like, like, is he going to start this week? Um, does it change the offense? I don't think so. Um, I think there's enough similarities in how the two quarterbacks play the position, uh, both from a – you know, they both can sling the ball, but also they're both uh, mobile quarterbacks, right? Um, yeah. But – we both know that this offense is built around Derrick Henry. So um, Malik Malik Willis doesn't have any problem handling, handing the ball off to Derrick Henry, hopefully. So <laughs> um, I think this is a situation where um, 
there shouldn't be any change in the expected outcome if uh, if the quarterback's different. This Titans defense has really stepped up big time over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You saw last year Davis Mills came into Nissan Stadium and just handled the defense. Now, granted, the Titans went back to Houston and took care of business. This is a – the defense is playing better right now than what they did in the Nissan Stadium game last year. And I would – I mean, I would think that they would show up again big time this week in Houston. Doesn't this kind of feel like last year with the defense? Like – Kind of lackluster, kind of lackluster to start the season, and then all of a sudden everything just started clicking. Uh, the yeah. right, the right players were healthy. I mean, Bud, Bud was such an impact uh, on this game. The defense, the defense um, is different when Bud is on the field. It one hundred percent is, um, and you know it. It's there's there's guys stepping up into positions that we've never seen them step up. I mean, Andrew Adams doing doing yeah. what he did at safety, but Hooker playing slot. Uh, whenever look, the slot position has been the the most uh, back and forth, up and down position of this this whole um, season so far, I think yeah. on that defense. Um, you know, Dylan Cole playing well, uh, uh, not as good as he did that one game, but um, yeah. Joe, Schober Joe Schobert stepping in. Uh, hopefully, Monty Rice getting some playing time soon on defense, like. This is a this is a defense that feels like it's starting to click at the right time. And man, oh man, if Caleb Farley can just find a way to stay consistent, dude, I mean, it just adds another piece to that defense because we know the potential that he has. Yeah. Um. So let's hop into uh, bold predictions. What's your bold prediction for this game? Oh man, well, <laughs> is it bold to say the Titans will score two offensive touchdowns? <laughs> at this point, yeah. <laughs> Uh, give me, give me, give me three. The Titans will score three offensive touchdowns and score more than twenty-four points this week. Okay. Um, Austin wants to go with Derek goes for over two hundred uh, on the <laughs> ground. Derek basically, Derek basically has two home stadiums. It's Nissan Stadium and NRG Stadium. It's it's seriously the fact. I mean, that's a fact. Like he plays yeah. so well there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the other side. Uh, and say that this defense again has three turnovers. Yeah, I um, love that. I love they, that. Uh, if they can, if they can keep this uh, this turnover differential swinging in the right direction, uh, it's just going to be huge, and it's, it's going to help them continue to get get these wins and start you know start yep. stacking more wins on top of these this streak they've got going. Uh, to finish it up, Chris, I know Austin's not here, so we're not going to name that Titan, but I do have a quick little game for you. Uh, similar style, but I'll see if you're interested real quick. Let's do it. All right, so instead of name that Titan, I want you to name that game, okay? Okay, okay. So I want you to pick the game that I'm talking about. And uh, my first hint uh, that I'll tell you is that it's not from the 2010s decade. So okay. it's an older game. So I'll give you two hints. It's not from the 2010s, and it's against an NFC opponent. And then now after that, you can ask your questions. Uh, is it the comeback on the Cumberland 2006? <laughs> Chris, you are too good, man. I should not have told you the NFC team. <laughs> you shouldn't. Uh, I should just let you. I, that, was, that was almost too obvious. I would, I would argue a top three uh, game in Titans history. Oh, I was there. I, I was, was there. too. It was insane. I was too. It was, I, uh, oh, my gosh, dude. I, I mean, I remember, I remember everything. I was there with uh, my mom and stepdad, and 
we had this nice older couple next to us and you know the start of the fourth quarter and everybody kind of a bunch of people are getting up to leave and they start getting up i was like why are y'all leaving yeah and they're like, oh it's over and i was like listen it's not over you need to stay yeah and so and so they stay they, they were like okay we'll stay a few a little while longer because i just like made friends with this older couple and they ended up staying and like halfway through the fourth quarter, they were like, we're so glad you made me stay. <laughs> yeah, um, but we were, we were all just having the best time at the end of that game. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to, to, I hope I'm not making you feel old here, but I was, I was 10 years old at that game. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure I had school the next day and it was a 325 kick. So it was later at night. It was later at night. Yeah. And my dad was like, look, dude, it's 21, nothing. When that clock hits 10 minutes, if we haven't scored yet, we're, we're out. We're going. Yeah. And I was beg, I was begging him to stay, dude. And I kid you not, like at like ten oh two, we scored, and we stayed. And uh, man, I cannot tell you how glad I am that we stayed for that. I mean, that was that was insane, dude. That's up there. Uh, the Vince Young ninety nine yard drive against the uh, Cardinals is up Cardinals. there. Yeah. Uh, the Rob Baronis kick from the midfield against the against the Colts is up there. A lot of great moments at Nissan Stadium. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so that that will uh, wrap us up for this one. I'm sure next week we'll get into the stadium talk uh, and hopefully a Titans dub uh, over the Texans. But uh, Chris, man, I enjoyed it. We'll have Austin back next week too. Yeah, for sure. We wanted to save the stadium talk for when Austin's here. Uh, Absolutely. Obviously, something we're all three passionate about, but we want to have that conversation yeah. together. So next week we'll dive into stadium talk. Hopefully, talking about a a Texans uh, victory over the Texans. And uh, yeah, let's. Uh, just make sure you follow us and uh we'll see you next week tighten up tighten up